This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 192 with Tucker Max. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello Cashflow Ninjas, MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at how to write a book to propel your business, and also look at certain skill sets that are used in the dating world that translates over to the business and investing world to achieve higher levels of success. My guest today is Tucker Max. Tucker is the co-founder of Book in a Box, a company that turns book writing and publishing into a service. Tucker Max has written three number one New York Times bestsellers, which have sold over three million copies worldwide. He is credited with being the originator of the literary genre, Fratire, and is only the third writer after Malcolm Gladwell and Michael Lewis to ever have three books on the the New York Times nonfiction bestsellers list at one time. He co-wrote and produced the movie based on his own life and book, also titled, I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. He was nominated to the Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential List in 2009. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MC Lobsher or by email at info at cashflowninja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at cashflowninja.com or texting cashflowninja to 44222. To ensure that you never miss one of our episodes, you can download our free interactive smartphone apps on the Apple and Google Play app stores. You can support the show by becoming a patron on Patreon for $10 a month. And when you do become a patron, you get access to our private Facebook page where pre Previous guests connect with listeners and you get to access a community of people that are on the same journey as you are, where you can network, share information and ideas, and possibly find a partner for your next business and deal. When you do become a patron, I will also send you a Cashflow Ninja t-shirt. You can become a patron at cashflowninja.com forward slash support. My friend Dave Zook says you can be conventional or you can be wealthy, but you need to pick one. At The Real Asset Investor, Dave and his company create value for investors looking for higher yield returns from real estate ventures domestically and internationally. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities The Real Asset Investor offers, such as the syndication opportunity at Mahogany Bay Village in Belize or investment opportunities in the multifamily space in the U.S., visit CashflowNinja.com forward slash real asset investor. Gelt Inc. is a multifamily syndicator which has acquired over 6,700 apartment units valued at over $1 billion through a private equity syndication model. Gelt provides its investors with significant cash-on-cash returns while maintaining and enhancing equity invested for the long term. You can reach out to Joss Satin at joss at geltinc.com to learn more. Have you read Rich Dad Poor Dad? 
Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start and how to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JoinOps Properties at joinopsproperties.com. If you want to create an income stream of 8% on your cash or money in your self-directed IRAs within 90 days in real estate without finding the property, fixing it up, finding a tenant, and all the other management headaches, you have to watch the private lending presentation at cashflowninja.com forward slash private lending. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Tucker, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Yeah. Um, oh, man, where do I start? So uh, I guess the big things that are relevant about me, um, I've written three number one New York Times bestsellers. Um, the New York Times said I invented a new literary genre called fratire, sold, you know, whatever it is, three or four million books around the world. Um, uh, that was, that was uh, a while ago. I kind of retired from that genre. Because it's basically just stories about drinking and hooking up and acting like an idiot, like all guys do in their 20s. I just wrote all those stories down. And I'm, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I'm in my 40s now. So now I've got a family and a, you know, kids and a wife and, and a, kind of a grown-up business. And um, what, what we do now, it's a company called Book in a Box. We've done about 500, actually 500, almost 600 books in three years. And we kind of have a, a cool process where instead of having to sit at a computer for a year typing your book out, we have an interview process where we get your ideas out of your sort of head in, in your words and your voice all through interview. Um, and um, uh, like we, th- that's going pretty well. Maybe, yeah, 562, I look at it, yeah, books. Awesome, awesome. And what an industry you're in, the book industry. Uh, if you really go behind the scenes and see how the sausage is made, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty rough. Can you share a little bit about it? Uh, uh, the, the industry from self-publishing books to, uh, just getting it published the, the more, uh, I would say the conventional way or traditional way. Yeah. So the, the, I mean, there's so much to the, the, the book business and honestly, most of it is kind of bullshit. It's like kind of nonsense. The, the, the big relevant things that people need to think about are, there's kind of two distinct ways to publish a book. Either you can go the traditional publishing route, which for, you know, has been kind of the conventional way for a hundred plus years where you essentially a co- you ask permission from a company to publish your book and then, or you pitch your book idea. They decide whether they like it. They give you money. They buy the rights from you. Uh, they give you permission to publish and then they kind of, you write the entire book. They do the publishing. They really, at this point, they expect you to do all the marketing. It used to be that they did some, but that those days are over. And then, um, then like, you know, if it does well, you get whatever it is, seven and a half percent of the, of the profit and they get the rest. Right. And that's like the conventional process. But over the last 20 years, a new process is developed called self-publishing essentially. But um, I mean, self-publishing always existed. You could always pay someone to publish a book for you. 
but but what exists now is that it's very cheap and it's very accessible and um, it's very easy for people. And, and the, but the big thing is that you get to own the rights to your book, right? That's that's the important thing now is that instead of having to get permission and having to give up ownership, you can now own everything and you can get all the profit. Uh, I mean, you take all the risk, but you also get all the profit. Now, some of my listeners might be listening out there. They're entrepreneurs, they're investors. Uh, there's a lot of people doing real estate syndicators and so forth. Can you share to just with them why, why would you want to do a book? What are some of the reasons that a book can help you as a professional uh, or an entrepreneur grow your business? Right. So um, I would say that basically every single serious professional should have a book. Um, yeah, maybe not at the very beginning of your career, although there's a good argument for that as well, but definitely, definitely serious, you know, 10, 20 years in, in business. Uh, it, here's the basic reason why we're moving into a world where pretty much everyone's going to have to end up either working for themselves or working in sort of small groups. And, and, and we're moving away from sort of like, the idea, not moving away, we're already very far past the idea you work for one company for your whole life, right? That, I mean, that, right. that ship sailed a decade ago or more. And so in order for you to really advance your career, whether you're an independent professional or, or, or even if you're working for a company, you need to build a brand. And I don't mean a, like a multinational brand like Nike or Under Armour. And I don't even mean a personal brand like Kim Kardashian. What I mean is a professional brand. So like if you are a really good, let's just take an example. If you're a really good CEO coach, you, you need to be able to show people and explain to people, not just that you're good through your own words, but you need to prove it. And uh, there are lots of ways to prove you can do your job, uh, especially as a CEO coach. And there are two ways that I know of that are, that are really effective. One is testimonials from clients. No doubt that that's very effective. But what's way more effective is when you pair testimonials with a book, a book that explains what you know, what you teach, how you help CEOs get better, and that essentially teaches what you teach, right? Uh, that, uh, that's just one example. But um, it, it's, at this point, if you are a serious professional and you don't have at least some sort of major media presence, if not a book, you are behind the people that do. There is no better way to get attention. There is no better way to prove that you can do something. There is no better way to gain status and authority, assuming your book is good. Uh, there's no better way to make a sale uh, or to gain uh, an audience than by – I wouldn't say it's just limited to books. That's a little bit unfair um, because having a great YouTube channel works well. Having a great social media presence can work well. Blogging works really well. The, uh, but you have to have a serious media presence um, or at least a, some sort of media presence as a serious professional. And a book is one of the best ways to do it because once you've done it, it's done and it sits there forever on the third biggest search engine on the internet, Amazon. Uh, and every time anyone needs to find an expert in your field, it's there and you're the person who wrote the book on it. From a marketing standpoint, I mean, it's part of the, the pre-framing of the sales process. And, you know, when somebody picks up a book with Tucker Max or Robert Kiyosaki that wrote the foreword, um, and it contains uh, testimonials from, from clients, and, of course, within the book, you're just 
pouring a lifetime of professional experience uh, into this book and providing massive value and uh, might be even solving some problems uh, for people that they might already have, you've instantly positioned yourself as an authority uh, with credibility in this space and this niche that you're operating in. Yep, exactly. One other thing that I find very interesting as well in doing a little bit of research was that Amazon was the number one search engine for professionals. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unbelievable. And then, I mean, from well, a marketing... I mean, think, think about it, dude. When you need to find an expert, you look for the person who wrote the book. Right. And there's so much stuff out there now, too. You were mentioning other channels, YouTube. I mean, so much noise that who are people, who's the people that are going to stand out eventually and who's the people that, that you're going to do business with as people that are number one, is, is helping you solve problems in the first place, too. So with a book, I mean, it just, it just uh, gets you a couple of steps ahead. Now, let's dive into, you've, you've done a ton of these books for folks uh, in your business book in a box. Can you share a little about the processes and how does someone start? If my listeners out there just starting, how do they start writing a book? Well, so, uh, I mean, you can obviously just sit at a computer and start banging away if you want, right? That's, that's always an option. Um, it, it, we actually wrote a book that describes our exact process. It's called the book in a box method. And I, in fact, I'm pretty confident you can get it for free off of our site. Um, then you go to book in a box.com slash book. And, and, uh, um, I think that it's there for free. If not, it's like 99 cents or two ninety nine on Amazon. Uh, but what our method is, is really good at it. It basically takes the, the time and effort and shrinks it considerably. Uh, and the way that we do that, uh, if you're a full client of ours, the way we do it, obviously, is that we do a lot of the steps for you. But even if you're not a client of ours, you can use our process really easily. And what makes the process great, essentially, is there's two big things. One is that we have a very structured way that you sort of position your book and outline your book. So you essentially get the book idea clear first, which is super important. And then the other major innovation is that we have people... We, we, what we do is in our process, and, and you, again, you don't have to have us to do this, is um, we interview you to get the bulk of your book down, right? So right. our assumption is built on, or our, our process is built on the assumption that you know what you're talking about. So th- th- that, those are the only people I would say should not write a book. If you don't know what you're talking about, if you don't have knowledge and information that's valuable, to other people, don't just write a book to write it. That's obnoxious, and that actually won't help you. It'll make you look bad. But if you actually know something that is valuable to other people, as judged by the fact, do people pay you for this knowledge? Do they ask your advice? Do they come to you for your for help, et cetera, et cetera? Um, then then uh, writing a book is a great thing. And then what our process does is that people – think about this. A lot of people have writer's block because writing is transla- – you're translating thinking – into another medium, but no one has talker's block. You know what you do, what you, what, you know what's in your head, you know how to do it, and you know how to talk about it. So what our process does is it makes it really, really easy to, to, to structure what you know and then to get that first draft out of your head and onto the page so that then you can edit it and kind of go from there. There's a lot more details, but that's the basic idea. And as far as marketing, can you share some marketing strategies that you guys uh, teach and, and how to have your book stand out? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny. We, we, don't, we approach marketing very different than almost any other book company uh, because what, 
what we found and what I, I mean, I've known this for, for years and years is that, um, the best book marketing, it actually doesn't happen when it's time to market the book. Like all the marketing decisions, like you have to think about marketing in position. Like the only way to, to make a book marketable is to, um, position the book properly. And that means you have to write a book that is for a specific audience that teaches them something or provides some sort of value to that audience that they want and does it in a way that they're going to understand and respond to. Because if you don't do that first, there's no way to market a book, right? It's just think about it in terms of product. It's books are no different than any other product. Even though like people think of them differently, they're not different. Like you would never create a product without first understanding who your audience is and, and do they want it and how much are they willing to pay. But a lot of people write books without that. Right. which is just nonsense. So like that's our entire positioning process. Who is this book for? Why are they going to care? Right? Uh, once you know that, then you can start to, to really frame your book um, and then make basically create a product that people are going to want to pay for. And then if you do that, then it's just a matter of getting your book in front of those people, which is easy narrowing in on the subject matter too because i mean you want to niche down and niche down because there might be some people sitting in a really really small niche that think that they don't have a book but that's actually i mean that's when you uncover some of these these gems for clients because nobody else is doing it in that niche yeah yeah of course like i'm i'm i've got the curse of knowledge sometimes i forget like to explain fundamentals oh yeah dude that is like the most important thing and i kind of skipped over it uh uh, we, with almost all of our clients, we, we force them to deeply niche down. A bunch of people come to us like, oh yeah, I want to write a book about, you know, how to live a better life. And it's like, okay, what do you do for a living? And they're like, oh, I'm a tax consultant. It's like, shut up, get out of here. <laughs> the, the, like the, how to live a better life is a book that, that uh, like, you know, they're like, oh, I, you know, I want to appeal to everybody. You, no one, no one can write a book for everybody. You know, maybe Malcolm Gladwell and Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins can get away with writing a book that appeals to millions because they have a huge fan base and people come to them for advice about general life stuff. But no one is going to anyone on this podcast for advice on major broad topics. What most professionals are deep experts at a very niche topic. So that's actually the first, that's what, when I say, who is this audience? Who is this book for? I don't mean, what do you wish, you know, 8 million people would want to hear from you? That's nonsense. Like if you if you, when I say, who is this book for? If you say women or everybody, you're just wrong. That's just ridiculous. But if you say my book is for uh, women in their twenties who live in major cities who are looking to break out of a corporate career and start their own thing. Okay. That's still a pretty big audience, but at least now it's specific. You know, now, you know, you're talking to millennial women who live in a very specific place with a very specific worldview of the same, like, like now there's an, a language you can speak to them. Right. Right. And, and so, yes, you've got to have a very, you don't have to, but the likelihood of succeeding with a broad topic to a broad audience is virtually zero for any author. Uh, uh, and, and the authors, uh, our clients that do well are the ones that really niche down. And like, for example, you know, um, so we, we have authors who write books just for surgeons or authors that write books that are just for insurance reseller agents or books that are just for mortgage brokers in Canada. 
those are the ones who do really, really well. And the other important thing that I also just want to say uh, from, a, from where the book fits in is that you're not making your money on, on the book. <laughs> that, that's to get it out there. That's part of a comprehensive and overall strategy of positioning yourself in the market and then getting clients from the, from the book. Yes. Uh, the idea, if you are a professional writer, then your job is to sell your ideas if you are a business professional, your job is to use your ideas to sell something else, right? Uh, that, that's the difference. And so, like, you know, for example, like if you're a CEO coach, your job is to write the book so that every potential CEO client sees how brilliant you are and wants to hire you because what you're selling is, is your, your, your time and your ability coaching them. You're not selling copies of the book because there, like, there just isn't a huge market for books for CEOs, you know, and then look, you can sell five, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 of those. And that's, that's solid. That's decent. But like, I mean, a great example, we got one CEO coach, Cameron Harold, who's a client. Um, a CEO client is worth a hundred thousand dollars a year to him. And it, I think his clients average five years with him. So a client is worth a half a million dollars. Do you know how many books you have to sell? To make a half a million dollars, like even if you self-publish it and you own everything, yeah. you're looking at selling like a hundred thousand books to make that, right? Do you know how many nonfiction books sell a hundred thousand copies? Like basically none. I mean, like for real. Like statistically, yeah. of course, there are some. I think I think it's less than two hundred a year out of like the three million books that are published nonfiction every year. Right. So it's statistically essentially zero. It's like, uh, like you, you're better odds of being a lottery winner. You're listening to Tucker Max on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to Tucker Max on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. Tucker, another question that I have for you is you've written really funny stuff. The book, the book is it's, it's hilarious. And there's, uh, there's some great advice that you've t- uh, put out there too, uh, generated through the years, just in general on dating, dating advice for not only men, but for women as well. And the reason that I'm bringing it into here on a investing and business podcast is that a lot of the principles that you talk about of how to become a more attractive person that other people would want to hang out and partner applies the same in business to attract the right type of clients and partners, uh, business partners and so forth. Can you share a couple of those principles uh, and strategies that you share? So, so the big insight in dating that, Women understand and men don't. I mean, women and men uh, have different issues in dating. Uh, but the big issue that men tend to have is on a core level, most men don't understand the fact that they have to be attractive to women before any woman's going to want to date them. And it sounds like obvious, except you would not believe how many guys, like, I can't tell you guys, I'm like, uh, like the guy will be like, oh yeah, like, 
why am I not doing better with women? And I'm like, well, what's attractive about you? And they're like, what? <laughs> like they never even have thought about the fact that, that for them to be, uh, um, for them to do well in dating, they have to be attractive to women. And, and, you know, I'm like, well, dude, you know, have you thought about showering? Have you thought about wearing like, you know, like not wearing white socks with your sandals? Have you thought about working out a little bit and not being a fat ass? And these are the same dudes who like, like are super harshly judgmental about women. Like, oh, she's not attractive talking about some bikini model. And I'm like, that girl would never talk to you. Like, like you're just delusional. And, and so, so that, that basic idea though applies very much to, to sort of to everything in business. I can't tell you. I mean, I've done a lot of startup investing and I cannot tell you how many pitches I've seen where the, the founders think the idea is genius and yet no one wants to buy their product because they have not thought about whether their product solves an actual problem for people or not. It's just like a, either, either, either it's not a real problem or they're, they're in love with their solution or there's a million ways that they get into this hole, but they're not actually answering the most important question, which is who wants this and how much are they willing to pay? You know, right. that's, that's sort of the, 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 that's the thing. It's the same thing with dating. Who wants you and what are they willing, you know, are, are like, what are they willing to give up to, to have you? What are their other options basically? Right? right. If you're, if there's one woman in a bar and 10 guys, well, you know, being the third best looking guy isn't going to help you a lot, right? <laughs> but if there's 20 women and 10 guys, being the third best looking guy puts you in a great position. You right. see? Same right. thing. It's the exact same thing in business. And same thing with books, man. Like people come in like, oh, well, I want to tell my life story. I'm like, well, why does anyone even care? And like, what? And like, like, I can't tell you how many conversations we have like that where people are actually kind of legitimately shocked and they're not stupid. They just have never stopped and thought, why, well, why would anyone care? Like, well, my friends tell me I have a cool life story. And I'm like, yeah, your friends are probably lying to you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, uh, like, you know, uh, go to your friends and ask them if they'll pay $100 up front for your book. And then let's see how, how amazing they think your life story is. Right? Right. Um, right. It's the exact same thing, man. People just don't think about this. When, like, and it's funny because I think about it when you when you go to a bookstore, how do you buy books? You you decide which books you're going to buy based on the ones you think are going to be great for you. Not right. oh wow, this author thinks they have a great life story. I better buy their book and support them. Have you ever thought that? No, <laughs> no, of course no. not. No, and it's what can I learn from the book? What's valuable in that book, and what exactly. information is valuable? Or will it be entertaining or anything like that? There is a value you derive. And so everyone thinks that way and everything they buy, they just a lot of times don't turn that lens on the businesses they create. That's where the problem is. Dude, I was having this conversation today. The only point of a business, the only point is to solve problems that uh, for people that they will pay uh, for. And that's it. That's it. Right. If you don't do that, you don't have a business. End of story. Right. No, the, and and you've shared now that, that there's you've done quite a bit of startup investing. I'm sure there's a ton of stories of stuff that's come across your desk. Um, what is your overall just investment philosophy, and what are some of the checklists you've just shared that shared that the only reason that a business need to exist is to solve a problem? What are some of the, the other approaches that you look for? 
Yeah. So in, investing in companies, I actually, um, I start with team first. It, it, like the first thing I look at, well, actually, I guess that's not true. The first, the very first thing I look at is the actual product. And so if it seems even remotely interesting, like, you know, if it's like something really dumb, like, oh, a social network for cats. And I'm like, all right, go away. But if it's even like, even like, like a social network for pet owners, I'm like, okay, that's probably dumb, but at least it's at least mildly feasible. Then the next thing I look at is market, right? Uh, so is this, like, if someone comes to me, with something, a great idea, idea, but it's in like, like, like the oil market. I'm like, no, that's a contracting market. You know, like that. I don't care how much market share you get in oil, you're in trouble. Right. Um, uh, and, and so like, I very much look at the market. Is it an expanding market? Is it a contracting market? Is it a new market? Yeah. Are they unlocking a whole new value chain? That's, that's it. And so if, if it's a, a mildly interesting product, if it's an expanding market, then I look at the team and I really dive into the team. Like I really dive in and I really examine them. Do I believe in these people? Right. And how much do I believe in them? Then once if the answer is yes, these are ballers. I believe in them. Then I really go back to the product and I really look at the product again. And I look at the product in relation to the team. So it's, it's I have a kind of complicated uh, thesis, but it's worked out pretty well for me. Now, what are you currently studying and uh, what skill sets are you currently learning? Oh, man. I'd like too many things. <laughs> um, the, the big thing I'm really focusing on right now, actually, and, um, this is going to sound a little bit weird and counterintuitive, but um, the big thing I'm focusing on right now is actually product management uh, because that's sort of my current role in my company is um, like I, I'm – I, I'm not CEO of my company. I fired myself and brought in like a real baller. And so my job now is really kind of like part of my job is, is taking, we are, we, we have a really good process, but we, it's like we, we've created a manufacturing process for books. So it's pretty amazing. The problem is scaling that is really hard. And so I've really started to learn sort of a lot about product management um, I'm basically a project manager now and product manager. It's the same sort of thing in my company. And so we, we think about that a lot. And so I'm learning a lot about that. I'm kind of learning to speak a different language just so I can get sort of our process built to the point where we can bring in a real product manager that can manage it. It's just like, I've got to get it to the point where it, it, it looks and feels like a normal product management job. Cause you can't, you can't bring in, that's the entrepreneur's job, right? Is to build stable ground for the company, uh, people in your company to stand on and work. That's what I'm trying to do for, you know, to bring in like a real person to actually scale it. Tucker, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities and the world better than we found it by passing down uh, not only a mindset, but values and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them, to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Oh, man. That's a good question. Um, all right, so I only get to pick three. Um, well, I, I'd have to go... The, the, the number one sort of principle would be um, you know nothing, right? Understanding that even, even what you know, like it, it would be something around uncertainty and, and knowledge, 
and like it would be the basic idea that you really just don't understand anything. You don't really know anything. Even when you know something, like I know how to publish a book, right? But right. all I really have is like I have some very specific knowledge, which is factual knowledge and stuff, which is only applicable in a certain time in a certain place with a certain set of facts and that's it. And, and so, um, that's it. That's like, but I need to understand that. Like, so principle one would be humility of knowledge would be the most important thing. Uh, principle two would be if you want to succeed at anything, you have got to understand people. So like, and and there's a million sub principles, but understanding people means you understand the world. Uh, and, and I don't mean that literally, obviously, because physics, whatever, but, um, uh, that would be, that would be super, super important. Um, and, and, and really the main sub principle of that, I guess understanding people means understanding. Yeah. Just be understanding people. Cause there's almost too much to unpack. And the, the big third principle would be, um, it would, God, it would be kind of number one is so important. I almost make it two principles. Uh, uh so it would be stop thinking, you know, everything, you know, uh, right. like, for me personally, at least, it would be go to experts um, and learn from them as much as possible. But at the same time, understand they don't know anything either. Uh, they only know certain facts that are only valuable at certain points in time. It, it would it would be learning knowledge. One would be knowledge based. One would be learning based, and one uh, uh, and one would be um, uh, like sort of humility based. Like that, like on the spot. Those are the that, that's the best way I can express them. No, those are great because, I mean, that is what uh, we talk about a lot on the show, too, is things are just changing so quickly that you have to continuously learn and unlearn all these, uh, the, the old skill sets and relearn the new ones because things are just changing so fast. It's, it's kind of ridiculous to keep up with everything that's going on there just, uh, just in the online space. Yep, exactly. Well, Tucker, how can my listeners learn more about you and your company and, and stay informed of all the projects that you're involved with? Um, I would just go to bookinabox.com. That's the best place. Or, you know, follow me on Twitter, Tucker Max. Well, Tucker, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. It's been a blast connecting. Of course, man. My pleasure, dude. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Alhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Thank you for joining my guest, Tucker Max, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life. So if there's any way that I can provide more value for you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gashku newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44222. 
You can also support the show by becoming a patron on Patreon for $10 a month. And when you do become a patron, you get access to our private Facebook page and that awesome Cashflow Ninja t-shirt. You can become a patron at cashflowninja.com forward slash support. Geld Inc. is a multifamily owner, which has acquired over 6,700 apartment units valued at over $1 billion through a private equity syndication model. Banking on the renter revolution amongst millennials and baby boomers, all-time low home ownership rates, and a major shortage of well-located apartments at affordable price points, Gelt has provided its investors with consistent cash-on-cash returns while maintaining and enhancing equity invested for the long term. For more information on how to achieve sustainable yield for the long term, you can email Josh Satin at josh at geltinc.com. Smart investors know that the banks actually don't own most automatic teller machines. In fact, the opportunity for private investment provides stellar passive returns, figures in the double digits, with the added bonus that most of the income is tax-free. Who wants to walk blindly past an ATM and not cash in on that opportunity? ATM machine ownership brings you a steady stream of hands-off passive income. Dave Zook and the Real Asset Investor team have been providing opportunities for investors in this uptrending activity of ATM use. If you're an accredited investor and would like more information on how you can invest in this exclusive asset class that very few investors will ever have access to, sign up for your free webinar on how to create income streams from ATMs at cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They have designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash-flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit joinopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. If you want to create an income stream of 8% on your cash or money in your self-directed IRA within 90 days in real estate without finding the property, fixing it up, finding a tenant, and all the other management headaches that comes along with it, you have to watch the private lending presentation at cashflowninja.com forward slash private lending. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning in the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, cashflowninja.com. 
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.